tell us a little bit about your company retail gurukul we we are uh, a boutique consulting so which means i am really the face of the brand okay and what i keep saying is uh, we'll help you earn more and worry less okay right? uh, basically because uh, most uh, retailers uh, are involved in the in their business 24 by 7 365 days i've had multiple examples of people who are not able to leave their um, uh, shop leave their shop right and uh, their their past or their current business practices are really steeped in tradition or family culture or something like that so they are more about uh, uh, you know in this industry it's more about what kind of inventory that i am uh, uh, you know currently carrying and yes yesterday i was talking to somebody uh, i said see 85% of your family wealth built over the last 30 years by bread by blood sweat and toil is in your inventory and that entire inventory is uh, if you're fam- you're familiar with commodity yeah. right is unhedged exactly right so that means i'm saying that you know whom are you dependent on the uh, on this particular wealth right what right. happened i said donald trump <laughs> okay because if that man takes some call and the gold rate goes up and down then you are kind of finished the only ar- yeah. argument is for multiple years uh, we have never had this uh, kind of a problem so what is yeah. the issue but i'm saying that it is no longer the case correct correct right? so so yeah volatility uncertainty have So we shouldn't uh, yeah. risk it in that sense because if 85% of your family wealth is sitting there you should yeah. really be doing that kind of a risk risk uh, exposure so so what type of consulting and training would you provide you know it's it's a nice uh, example that you have pro- given so i'll give you a latest example right so what we do is uh, i have built my own uh, framework mm-hmm. right which is uh, like in this uh, because i worked in titan and tanish for 20 years across nine different roles i'm very uh, familiar with and uh, knowledge about the entire uh, business process right Correct. except the mm-hmm. manufacturing and the financial accounting side so since most of my clients are really traders right mm-hmm. or retailers in that sense so for me it makes sense to tell them that uh, uh, what is it and where do you want to go so i start typically with a goal setting exercise and uh, right. what do you want to do next 3 years 5 years kind of a thing then we have identified uh, uh, basically four uh, uh, i from a, i use the fit and so this is your goal setting exercise how do you handle consumers if you want to get the consumers in what do they come for which is inventory now right. to sell this inventory to these consumers you need an operations or a store or a online space and for all this you need an organization or a people so right. these are the five areas where we overall operate and uh, using the same theory of constraints uh, weakest link concept right we start identifying which is the uh, weakest link mm-hmm. right and what are all the low hanging fruits so invariably you will start seeing that uh, you know um, let's say we have a lot of dead stock which is sitting mm-hmm. i keep telling them i'll make you more money without asking you one paisa extra investment and it's okay. true right okay. we really don't need uh, um you know extra money and uh, you know if i can use my a little bit of thing right i have this two water bottles right, right. this is the uh, inventory and the bottom red is the uh, dead stock right which i now call as the golden furniture not wooden right. furniture but golden golden furniture. furniture right 
and generally what we see is that 66% uh, of the inventory is good 33% of the inventory is bad okay then i say that you know your conversions right 66% mm. is the conversion in most stores so i say that if you can improve this uh, red color stuff and you you know kind of clean up the dirt in the right. in the inventory then there is very logical that your 66% conversion should go to 80 85 90 right so it's a very right. uh, very mnemonic very easy to understand to people right right, right. so right. what we then start working on is you know what's the problem with the inventory uh, what is your buying habits where is the mm -hmm. assortment plan all, all, mm -hmm. all of it is coming from first couple of uh, you know one month or one and a half month we try and set the goals mm. one of the biggest challenges there is really change management absolutely right so when uh, and for most of these people they tend to hire uh, uh, somebody like me for the very first time and my mm. couple of years back i had a, a client who it took me about 2 3 months to even organize the meeting they took 3 months but finally when i went to their uh, so called uh, uh, meeting room right mm. there were like 14 people mm. from the family mm. all of them sitting there to evaluate me the oldest mm. was 83 years old and the youngest was 18 mm. so all the th 14 people in the family had to then uh, ask their questions me have to answer them then all of them had to sit down again then agree upon saying that yes because this is the first time ever they are getting an outsider it's not like an employee kind of a thing correct correct and uh, as they as they build their trust right so that mm. major effort and you know then i started working with them and the major effort is to uh, you know start getting these kind of details right, right. And the attention is really in the data and yeah. they have never ever shared that data with anybody else, not even with their employees now to right. share it with an outsider is one huge um, mindset, mindset shift. shift mindset shift right and the good thing is you know um, uh, you build that trust over a period of time. Okay. In fact, there are some people who tell me that uh, not even my wife knows what I'm, what I'm telling you. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? So like that, right? So mm. that's the kind of uh, transition that takes place. And then we start identifying uh, areas of improvement uh, and it keeps, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a running race. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So it depends yeah. upon how long they want to, uh, because I believe that every day there is an opportunity to improve. We have right. had people who work, uh, you know, with whom I work for three months, six months, uh, three years also, mm. right? Mm. So like that, it's a journey, right? So because we are, they are seeing, see my, another point I tell them is, uh, I give you a 30 days money back guarantee. Mm -hmm. Okay. A 30 days money back guarantee is wherever we work with on a, on a retainership basis. Mm. At the end of 30 days, I will raise the invoice for you to pay me. Right. If in the 30 days you are not happy, you tell me I'm not happy, you don't get pay me anything. Okay, right? So so literally it is a risk-free consulting from their point of view. Right, right, right. First 30 okay. days you got, you gave them not what you're not going to invest. Not first 30 days, continuous yeah. 30 days. Okay. Right? So any given point of time, you are you are you are at a liberty to say I don't I don't want to continue. Right? Right. The, the thing is obviously that you know you can't wake up after six months and say all the six months is not working so that's yeah, why yeah, every yeah. 30 days you have a uh, you have a decision to make you don't like oh, it okay no problem that's a, one of the few people i think at least i don't know anybody else who makes that offer right but uh, i say you have zero risk that means at the end of 30 days hmm. if you are not happy with the february performance don't pay but once you pay february performance then the march performance starts so for me i'm as good as my last invoice 
Correct, correct, correct. Got it. All that time. Correct. All that time. Correct. So, what trainings do you provide them to their employees? And two so things on? we do: we train the staff. Right. I actually started retail Gurukul saying that we will train the staff, but I soon found out that you know, uh, in the family business, training the staff uh, is uh, not really possible. Is not really effective if there is no fundamental change in the organization. Even yesterday, somebody called and said, you know. i want to revise my staff remuneration so i said see we can do that but it's not going to change your is not going to change the business uh, uh, you know uh, business success you will mm. continue to do what you are doing if you are happy that's fine but mm. if you are looking to grow your business mm. that's the reason why i obviously you are trying to evaluate and reward your staff then probably there's a need for an organizational relook right Right? right right so right. that's how it goes step by step by step so staff training is now become a part of the overall consulting and coaching program and okay like, like somebody i mentioned i'm also a counselor to some of these people family counselor wow okay yeah because they that's come good. up with thing that you know i have this problem with my brother my my two brother we are on one side i have a case where uh, the two brothers are on one side and the dad is on another side so all kinds of uh, you know Uh, issues yeah, issues. yeah definitely because you become their confidant right if they are talking to you what they don't even talk to you know uh, some of their family members let's leave what is the relationship <laughs> so but but i i get that so so do family businesses now invest in employee development like like you know like the corporates do so it is it's changing but it's changing very very slowly the corporates are obviously you know a um, couple of uh, miles ahead in terms of employment uh, training and things like that right uh, in the family business the right now the approach is uh, i want to get trained and okay. i will you know first i want to improve myself right okay. and then as part of it some of my clients even right now we are training their staff on uh, on on selling skills for example not so sure. not so much on uh, business growth Fair Fair or in some cases you know i'm helping somebody let's say one of the staff to improve the merchandising and an assortment exactly. Right? exactly that's more but normally uh, what we have seen the most effective stuff is i coach and train and consult the owner and he in turn uh, gets it done from his team the way he he is comfortable with that's that's the more prevailing model very rare do i uh, really get into with the staff on a regular basis Correct, right, 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 right. So, so given what you just said, uh, you know, is the re- retail sector and you know, especially the family-owned uh, businesses in this in this uh, jewelry industry, are they able to attract the right type of talents? You know, we're talking about the Indian uh, scenarios. Generally, no. You see, the problem uh, uh, the problem is both ways, right? A very, um, uh, a, let's say, a very qualified or very um, ambitious. Uh, employee right is looking for a uh, a corporate career okay yeah okay. sure so so the corporate careers are not technically available with uh, family run businesses true right so the other option for them is to and they also one very important point again coming from even yesterday's example is they um, award and reward loyalty much more than let's say um efficient targets efficiency efficiency of efficiency performance, efficiency of performance. Yeah. because for them um, you know the business is sacrosanct right so they have a lot of issue a lot of challenges in running the business so they want loyalty first and in our industry it's even more important that you know merchandise is very highly trust yeah trust yeah. so so there is that challenge 
but slowly and slowly they have realized that you know they themselves cannot uh, run the entire business because they cannot run the entire business they need the quality uh, manpower to uh, many a times you see that the owners are able to pick up the concepts which i teach them much faster than their staff right right fair enough fair right. enough. so so, so let's yeah, go ahead so so let's take two generic positions right uh, a sales person and a retail sales manager in you know jewelry retail oh, so what are the important traits that are necessary to succeed in these jobs so uh, from us uh, you know uh, from a salesman purpose you know i i keep explaining to them even the salesman designation is is kind of very low end mm -hmm. right so you know we call them sales officers or whatever right and it doesn't cost you anything Mm -hmm. right so a retail sales officer is a person who needs first and foremost what i say is uh, hungry for performance especially coming getting from the fact that they come from lower lower middle class families right so finance is always a constant money is always a constant uh, shortfall right yet in a scenario like that you have a lot of people who are very satisfied with the low low levels of income Mm. right so i always say that you know that's fundamental even before you get into anything does the does the person want to earn more mm. then the everything else you know starts triggering on its own so then we look for somebody who is able to understand um, human relationship because end of the day it's all about person to person selling the right. third one is you know product product knowledge uh, learning from experience uh, learning from you know programs even right. self learning is still a long way off formal self learning is still a long way off most mm -hmm. people learn from each other inside the store mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but uh, to that extent you know these are the two or three traits is he hungry for business business or money is he hungry for money is he hungry to you know uh, learn and grow himself himself or herself right and what kind of uh, um, informal <laughs> learning takes place within the organization informal, within the shop or within the large extent it's informal learning so what kind of attitude to does he have towards you know customer customer service like uh, you know somebody said hire for attitude you can train for skills exactly right? so those yeah. kind of stuff is there at a manager level similar skills plus kind of team management you know leadership skills is what you're typically looking for right and and the drive to 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 yes yes that's uh, what perform i said from the same point which i said hungry is she is he or she hungry for money so once you answer that question then the drive all of it will fall into you know automatically get covered right so is it so based on that is it fair to say that there is a shortage of trained manpower you know not only in jewelry but generally probably even in luxury retail there is no shortage of manpower there is shortage trained of... trained manpower i said no i will turn it a little better i'll say there is a shortage of good manpower trained okay. untrained skilled unskilled is something which i can add okay right? the person is if we can get good good manpower right somebody who is hungry like i said with these yeah. three okay. then you can train them you can skill them and upskill them but but from a generic sense uh, you know is there an uh, focused effort to train people for this sector generally no generally, generally. right 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 so so let's say uh uh you know now you know we 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 talked about uh, corporate uh, jewelers uh 
but now if if you if you look at you know family owned enterprises so if you visit uh, you know to uh, tier 2 or tier 3 indian towns now for the first time or maybe even even smaller because i think i guess some of them are uh, reasonably well covered what would be the five thing that you would look for to decide if you can open a new family oriented you know family owned jewelry store and so on how different would it be i mean uh, the, the default that i should be on the high street and i should be visible is like like you know everybody gets it uh, Um, you know, we we talked earlier about how it was. You know, we you you know in the emerging economy uh, situation in India at the time, you you looked at different things. Uh, are any of them still relevant? Uh, what are the things that are now the different? Criteria is from... more or less the same. So the only difference okay. uh, today from earlier days, right? Mm-hmm. It's both a good thing and a bad thing, right? If you are a, um, uh, you know, uh, if you are a successful family-run retailer in one town mm-hmm. right and you want to expand you are typically looking at us at a, a radius of about 2 3 400 500, 500 kilometers okay right? uh, unless and the first and the second and the third stores are typically in that uh, if you are in bombay for example you may want to open a second or a third store in the in bombay itself if mm-hmm. you are in uh, if you are populated bombay with enough number of stores you go outside let's say maybe pune maybe nagpur big stores again right mm. if you are covered pune nagpur and uh, somewhere else you might go to an amravati or a you know ganganagar whatever smaller town right right the the big difference is is your organization capable of running remote that's oh. the big question which is generally oh, right. found uh, challenging for most retailers right so that's a journey in organization hierarchy should be there processes should be there procedure should be there systems should be there right because some of these things can still be controlled from the head office but day to day day to day operations right uh, we working with somebody in uh, in uh, delhi for example it's a very very small store in uh, you know delhi but store is struggling because the head office is not able to give the ad- attention required to that small store okay okay right? so you are constantly then deciding you know is this a worthwhile investment not a worthwhile investment right, right? right. that is a challenge that uh, most people say but if they are able to put in like i said an organ organized organized retailing processes then it is possible to scale okay so with respect to this sector right uh, how what have you observed about the northeastern india you know we talked about other parts of india i i haven't seen any significant uh, difference between say uh, you know northeast or any other part most of these uh, in fact i think the top 300 or 500 towns has got two or three um, large family run businesses which have been there for a long time mm-hmm. um, if the town is reasonably large or their population or the market potential is large you will see a chain stores coming into that as a as the second phase mm-hmm. then there are some the third other option will be the small mom and pop shops uh, family run businesses which are typically in sarafas right the, the old jewelry market they move to the high street okay. but having said that there is nothing uh, uh, so the pattern is similar about, there is nothing unique about northeast uh, uh, you know which is uh, very different from the rest of the country right the so, jewelry retailing space right so 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 that gives us a sort of an idea you know just wanted to be sure that like you know uh, whether things in gauhati gauhati siliguri you know those kind of markets right maybe shillong or whatever is not really uh, developed the biggest northeastern market would probably be gawadi 
right okay after that everything is very very small but if you go into a shillong or whichever small seven sisters ka hai uh, you know capital yeah, yeah. it yeah. will be a very small store right? i mean to just to give you a uh, some kind of a comparison um, if it's a 5000 square feet store multiple stores in uh, calcutta maybe there are 25000 square feet stores in calcutta maybe there are three in guwahati maybe there is one at best in in the rest of the spaces but you will see a lot of 500000 square feet uh, uh, family family business family okay okay so so let's step back a little bit you know we've had a good uh, discussion on the present and so on so what have been the major events in the history of luxury retail you know over the last few decades top couple of them in your view see the first thing i think is the um, growth of the chains right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i think that has been a significant when when we started off you know literally from zero percentage in the so called mm. corporate sector right mm-hmm. corporate organized retailing was almost 0% mm-hmm. now i think depends on the study and things like that maybe almost 15 to 20% of the business is really coming in from chain stores chain stores doesn't necessarily mean uh, what you call as tanishk as a public limited uh, even though it's a tata group it generally seen as a professionally managed where the owner is not part of the regular operations to family run chain stores with 20 stores 50 stores 100 stores 100 like those from kerala or kerala, from kerala, uh, right? so they are all 100 200 300 100 200 stores so you would put them into the same bracket same, same chain stores you just call them as chain stores i really chain don't stores. care who, who is running it at the back end so that is one significant shift the second significant shift is um, you know migration of uh, um, family run what i just now said sarafa Uh, business into uh, into multiple similar sounding names in the same city see what happens is as the brand as as the family has expanded there are some brands or some families which have continued to stick together okay right? there are some brands which have split some families which have split so when the family splits the family name gets carried forward with a suffix or a prefix attached so from okay. a consumer point of view there are multiple brands with similar looking looking names mm-hmm. right and there are some challenges about you know my consumer is going there and she thinks it is the same thing as me etc etc that's the second change that has uh, definitely happened okay. the third uh, uh, change that is we are now seeing is there are a lot of uh, second generation people who are not wanting to get into the system that is also okay. happening Okay. okay they're saying that now we don't want to be in the in the jewelry retailing space i want to do something else i don't want to really be uh, you know uh, stuck in running day to day day to day operation that's another thing the fourth thing is i think this uh, um because of the movement of uh, you know into organized retailing and things like that there's a lot of uh, um, what should i say uh, organization of the entire process right not everybody right. is is ready to do is is capable or wanting or whatever it is not everybody is been able to transition to the new environment like the young consumer is expecting a very different experience than her mother right yes, uh, yes. maybe like for example bargaining is something which keeps coming again and again right there are some consumers who says i don't want to bargain there are some mm. consumers who may be comfortable in bargaining right so those depending upon whom or they somebody wants to buy from a brand right somebody say no i want to buy from a, my traditional family retailer jeweler so those are the changes that are happening 
some organ some families are able to transition it some families are not been able to transition, transition. so it's very really normal to see uh, successful retailers of uh, you know last 5 years 10 years 15 years or or uh, you know kind of or uh, being forced to um, either um, shrink or even shut down okay so so does it may imply that i there are, have there been some consolidations uh, what about e-commerce that's an area that you left out so so let's talk about yeah, consolidation first hasn't really had an impact uh, because it's a very large industry and uh, there's still this high value goods high there you know high value is again uh, uh, you know there are consumers who are buying 30000 50000 rupees online or maybe 1 lakh probably but the success rate of an online business in india has not been very uh, very high mm-hmm. in jewelry sector what about yeah. consolidation there is no merger and acquisition when you say consolidation you mean m and a that yeah. is not because they are all very you, you said that there are some which are falling apart and going away so so but that is not disappear right nobody is nobody in in the sense of a traditional merger and acquisition what you see in other industry that doesn't happen they just just kind of implode into it and then you know the retailing the jewelry retail might might uh, come down they mm. might branch out into typically into say real estate or something else right right so so these uh, family businesses are they impacted by gold prices uh, you know so you know does gold price impact their uh, business and profitability for these so they tend to ride the gold price wave so what happens okay. most of them is you know like i said earlier the investment the the profitability the profits are reinvested back in the business because they are all private family run businesses right yeah. so most of the profit is plowed back so as long as the gold price is going up or even it is stable right the the business is, or the family is not really losing anything okay okay so they continue to do be in that space hmm. so so when we talk about profitability for them then what are the metrics for profitability for these people then so typically they look at it saying that how much of uh, uh, gold have i added over a, over a previous period how many kilos of gold have i added before the previous period hmm hmm how many kilos of gold that i have added okay if i'm working with a 100 kg working capital end of right. the year if i have added 10 kilos right mm-hmm. then i have added 10 kilos okay which is then okay. translated at the current market price okay so that's considered there that's the metric yeah, that's for profitability or growth profit is reinvested no see there is no public there is no dividend to be paid out right so all the profitability that needs to be paid out the profits that is retained in the company is reinvested as a plowed back profits okay 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 so so it's plowed back so uh, given the peculiar way in which they are operating what are the important success factors for for these people then so like i said right for them the the single simple metric is how many kilos of uh, inventory have, added, right that added. is that is probably the best uh, compared to the multitude of uh, ratios that uh, most uh, traditional finance yes. people want to evaluate but right. from because of our and expanding uh, stores ultimately if, if you want you know one of the other things about measurement and which we also talk about in our business consulting is really uh, you know rather than having a multitude of uh, metrics right mm-hmm. they all have to feed into something so whether you right. open one store whether you open 10 stores net net how many how much profit have you generated Mm-hmm. okay if you operated it one store and added 10 kilos if you operated with two stores and you added 12 kilos mm. right that means you are you are better off than the previous period right 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 
cool. That's 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 an interesting way of uh, looking at how this this it is measurable. No, it is very hmm. easy to measure, right? Otherwise, everything else is dependent on you know uh, PNL statements and things like that. Okay, that's good. And the inventory is uh, uh, is technically value val can be valued almost on a daily basis at market prices, which is not possible in any other uh, you know most other industries. Absolutely, absolutely. I've got 100 kgs. Today's kit core rate is so much. I know how much is my uh, value, net asset. Net asset. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you for joining us in yet another episode of Move Conversations. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to the Move Conversations YouTube channel and press the bell icon to get notifications of new episodes. Thank you very much. Till I see you in the next episode. Thank you very much. Have a great day.